Do you guys agree or no? Anybody have a perfect marriage? Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yes, yes. We are the bride of Christ, and therefore he is the perfect groom. Oh, yes, so awesome. But we all love our husbands. I, I'm sure we can all give an amen. We love our husbands, and they love us. Amen. Amen. Um, but marriage was designed by God, right? There's no other definition. God created it. Am I doing that? Um, there is no other maker of marriage. The world can try to transform it into something other than it's not. It ain't marriage. doesn't matter what people try to call it. It's not marriage. Marriage is between one man, one woman. That's it. It's black and white. Um, and because God did that and he created also just two genders, there is all kinds of wars against it. We know it, we see it, we feel it in our lifetime here. Um, but this has been going on for generations, um, for centuries, for forever. There's always been a battle against marriage. So um, I did some, uh, some little research on statistics, and pretty sad, um, kind of shocking, not really shocking, but there is about one divorce about every 11 seconds. And that just kind of, that just breaks my heart to think like every 11 seconds, lives are being broken and changed forever. And um, the average length of a marriage that ends in divorce is about eight years. Um, About three years after divorce, people tend to get remarried. My thought is always, if you didn't get it right the first time, do you really think you're going to get it right the second time? And no judgment on any of you, because there could be second marriages in here. That's between you and the Lord. But if we can't get it right the first time, probably going to struggle the second time. And I and statistics show that. The second and third marriages have an high, even higher rate of divorce. But we know that's because God created marriage and man's defiance against God creates all this, this eruption and, and um, disturbance with gender, with marriage, with sex before marriage, all this stuff. If we don't follow the Lord, if our hearts are not set towards the Lord, these things will continue. So those of us, these uh, us ladies in here that are are um, the bride of Christ, those of us that have the Lord, we need to remember why we're married. We need to go back to the beginning, and that's where we're going to go today in Genesis chapter two. Uh, we'll be in chapter two, eighteen through the end, um, through twenty five with some other references in there, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we have your word to look to, Lord. If we look to the world, we are going to be discouraged. We're going to have hopelessness. We will be uh, taken down the wrong path, Father, but we just praise you. We thank you. We are so grateful for your word, and I am troubled for the countries and the, the places that are so deep in the world, these small places that don't have your word to look to and don't have understanding. Why, why do we get married? What is the point of marriage? Why, why do two people come together? So Lord, help us as women that love you to dive into your word, to find the true meaning of marriage, where it began, your purpose for it. Help us to have understanding and have willing and open hearts to receive your word. And any, anything that's in us, uh, that's prideful right now or um, 
or afraid, Father, I pray you cast those things out, Lord. Cast fear out of our, out of our hearts, out of our minds, um, that we would just be open to receive from your word. Lord, help us, help me, Father, to be a vessel to just speak your truth. That no matter what, even if I don't have, if I have people that don't like me because of your truth, then Lord, help me just to be obedient unto you. And I pray that for my sisters here, Lord, that they would dive into your word more and more and seek your truth, even when they're hurting, even in their marriages that are hurting right now, Lord. Each lady in here has different struggles. But when one hurts, we all hurt. And so I pray that we would come alongside one another and encourage, exhort, and help each other to follow after you with our whole hearts. Fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit. And just enable me right now to speak your word, to, um, to teach it, and to have better clarity, Father, that we come here as we are, but we leave changed, Father. We thank you, we love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, just out of show of hands, who here has, um, your parents are still married? Hmm. Gosh. Yeah, for me too. My, my, Richard? Awesome! Your parents are still married? Wait. Yeah? Oh my gosh. Richard's listening. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I just give, I don't know, I just get excited because I came from a broken home. My parents divorced when I was only three years old. Um, my husband's parents divorced when he was like 16. I don't know what's worse. I think they're both awful. Um, but I think for him, maybe it was worse because he saw he had this facade of what love was between two people, and then, um, and then it shattered. And so he and I both come into this relationship broken. We have we carry our past, we have baggage, um, both differently, and we both have a distorted image of what marriage looks like. And so um, let's see what marriage is supposed to be. So follow with me uh, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So right before this, throughout chapter 2, we I think everyone in here has read the story of creation. I shouldn't assume that, but I'm assuming they have. Um that right before this, God had made Adam, and he placed him in the Garden of Eden. So he gives him life, places him in the garden. There's every tree that's pleasant to the sight. There's, um, there's fruit. There's trees to live by to eat. There is everything pleasant. But there's a problem. He sees that it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Not better than him, not lesser than him, but comparable to him. We see in verse 27, so God, I'm sorry, of of Genesis 1, verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. So we know God created Male and female in his image. So just a little back story of that is, you know, God had a plan to create man and woman in his image, both carrying different attributes, but together would make a beautiful picture. So 
It is not good. Everything that God created over and over, he said, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. But this is the first time when God says, it's not good. That man should be alone. So, but Adam, he lives in this beautiful place. He has this garden. He has all these trees of fruit and um, everything sustainable for life. But he's lonely. So God wants to fix the loneliness of Adam. Um, there's a quote from David Guzik that um, I just thought was pretty interesting. Um, he said, marriage in particular has blessed civilizing influence on the man. The most wild, violent, psychopathic men in history have always been single. Never under the plan God gave to influence men for good. That is not good. So not to say I know David Guzik. I <laughs> sat under him uh, for a year, um, for five months at Calvary Lake, uh, um, sorry, Calvary Santa Barbara. He's a great teacher, loves the Lord, awesome Bible teacher. Obviously, through his studying, he saw that the most psychotic people or men were single. They never had married. Not that our, <laughs> not that our sons, if they don't get married, they're not going to end like that. That's not what he's saying here, and that's not what I'm trying to emphasize. But just how beautiful that God saw this problem with man, with Adam, and he created us to complement that, to be his helper. Um. And so, we women, through this, we see that we can have a beautiful influence of good godliness, or we can cause destruction. Solomon had too many wives. He was supposed to have one. Every man, one wife. That's it. Never does God say, he never was for polygamy, he was never for anything but one one wife. And it said uh, in... Uh, with Solomon, that those women turned his heart against the Lord. What an influence. We, we just read Esther. We just studied Esther and Ruth. We can see these women have such a good influence on these men, even if they don't know the Lord. They can influence these men, and that's the same for us, ladies. So we need to be careful that our hearts are right before the Lord, that we are following the Lord with our full hearts so that we can be a godly influence to our men. So verses 19 and 20. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. That's a cool job (laughs) to be able to call all the animals, the creatures, all of that. So if you guys are ever curious or your children are ever curious, why? What hippopotamus? Where did that come from? It was Adam. So Adam gave names to all cattle to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So over and over the word helper is used here. And helper, well, two times it's used. Helper is a companion, a helpmeet, one who helps. So coming alongside our men to help them. And I think we can see, if we truly look into our lives, we can see we have that naturally in us. We want to help. Sometimes our help looks like, maybe I can fix him. Maybe I can change the way he is over here. I don't like that he does this. Let me help him. That's not what God's saying here. But the beautiful thing that he uses the word helper in verses in verse 20 and also in 18 is this same word is used in Psalm 33, 20. Let me flip there. 
And also in Psalm 75, for the Lord God helping Israel. So we can see that this is a positive thing. This isn't a uh, doormat. This isn't um, things that the world tries to make it, that women are inferior and they can't do things. And um, and then we have the liberation where women are better than men. and all. And it's just not, there's no balance there. The balance is found in God's word. So Psalm... 3320. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. So the same word help where God is used uh, showing demonstration as a help for Israel, as their shield, as their help. That is what's used for God. And the same word is in the same um, is translated in the same for Genesis, where the woman is the helper. So we aren't God. <laughs> Women have no power of that. But just the, the beauty of seeing the comparable, it's a good thing. I know sometimes I, I can be rebellious and feel frustrated. I'm being honest with you guys. And I don't want to be a helper. I got my own plans. <laughs> that ain't right. That is my, God gave me a purpose and a plan for to glorify him and I can truly glorify him by doing these things by falling under that of I can help my husband so this was um sorry I'll actually go to Psalm 75 70 verse 5 also and there's many other times throughout the Psalms that this is also displayed um 70 verse 5 but I am poor and needy this is this is David speaking here. But I am poor and needy. Make haste to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. So David, as David cries out to the Lord for help here, he, he realizes God is his help. And there's nothing wrong with ha- being a helper. So we need to look at it through eyes of coming alongside of our husband, that God created us to be perfectly, that we can be perfectly suitable helper to our man. So whatever he's doing, we can come alongside and help him. So God gave the plan and agenda to Adam as the leader of the home. But as a team, we get to work together with our husband. So I know I've said this before. It's not for him to be the iron fist ruler or not for him to cower and us to rule over either. It, there's, there's to be a balance and an understanding of the, um, the position in our homes. So God gave Adam the responsibility as a leader in the home and the woman. She can uh, help out with the children and, and we can help our husbands in so many ways. Also, so often my husband looks to me for um, even like to come alongside and pray with him and to just be that one. Sometimes um, I'm distracted and I don't notice that my husband truly needs me at that moment, but I'm busy. I'm doing my thing or not really my thing. It's like cooking or something, but, um, but I can come alongside of him and help. So, but the man likewise should help his wife. There is, there is a place for that. He should be. My husband has no problem coming home and doing dishes or doing laundry. He understands he makes a mess too. <laughs> it's not just my mess or the children's mess, but a true leader needs to always recognize that they are also a servant. To be a good leader, we need to know how to serve one another. Jesus is our perfect example of that. So in the world, to the world, women as helpers seems like an inferior um, 
negative thing, but in Matthew, if you want to flip with me to Matthew 20, um, we see the opposite of how God's heart is towards leaders. Uh, I'm sorry, as servants and helpers. Matthew 20, 25. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus was the pure example of a servant and a servant's heart and love. And be willing to be underneath the Father when the Father needed him to go and die for us. He was obedient unto that. So for us too, when we're called to do things, to just walk in obedience, doing it unto the Lord. So verse 21 in Genesis chapter 2. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its side. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. So we need to also have understanding here that, and see the picture that God had Adam name all these animals. He brings forth all these animals and he names them before he brings his helper. But I think that was so he could see for himself that none of those animals were suitable, that he needed someone like him. So it wasn't God's... I just love how he's so... uh He thinks ahead, right? <laughs> for us, we, if we just wait and slow down and do things purposeful and wait, take time, because God's timing was perfect he recognized that he was not to be alone. It wasn't good for him to be alone. Then he brings forth the beast and the animals, has him name it. Then he puts him into the sleep and brings forth this person just like him. So we don't really know that it was a rib necessarily, but it was taken from his side. But this person was created to be his lifelong comparable companion, just like him. So not... Um, not an animal. An animal wasn't suited for him. We know animals were not made in God's image, only male and female. Um, there's a quote from Matthew Henry. Women were created from the rib of man to be beside him, not from his head to top him, nor from his feet to be trampled by him, but from under his arm to be protected by him, near to his heart to be loved by him. I just think that's so beautiful because it gives us the picture of truly what our roles are. My husband has, um, even if we're in a dispute or anything going on, maybe we're not, he's mad at me for something, and somebody were to attack me verbally or whatever, my husband's right there to defend me, not going, say you're sorry, then I'll protect you. No, he has that immediate instinct to protect and defend And I just love that because it's not a, um, I don't know, I've shared this image before, but my husband, we we did it this morning, we we, uh, exampled it, but either we're in a caress, a holding one another, because that's what we're to do, husband and wife hold one another, or our backs to each other protecting each other. We have guns, sorry. So (laughs) if that offends you, I'm sorry. 
but that's we we've said that many times like we've had this okay <laughs> I don't believe in zombies but if there was stuff going on we would be defending one another and we've said it okay you're on the deck and I'm over here and we are going to be and the kids are in the trees and we're going <laughs> to because we're a team we're unit uh, united and so um I just think that's awesome that's I don't know that's a little image that um I try to betray like how I picture me and my husband um, but when things aren't going right, it almost feels like we're, you know, shooting at each other with words and, and whatnot. And that's not his plan. That is not God's plan. So verse 23. So we already see here, Adam, uh, it's kind of funny how God puts Adam into a deep sleep. Like now when we have surgery, we go into a deep sleep. <laughs> this was the first surgery <laughs> ever. God puts him into a deep sleep, um, takes from his side closes it up, brings uh, a woman to him. And Adam's response in 23, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. I just, if you try to picture um, the excitement of Adam because it's not, <laughs> it's not like, oh, it's hippopotamus and, you know, turkey and gnats. And, but it's like, <gasps> she's just like me. But she's different. But she's like me. But she's different. And you can just see this similarity. And he's just it awestruck. I'm sure physical attraction was there immediately. But beyond that of seeing, wow, God, you love me that much to make a helper for me. You see that I was lonely. And that's for us too, ladies. When we're lonely, Jesus, he's ours. Even if our husband can't fulfill things, Jesus, he's ours. And he looks at us and says, that's my woman. That's my girl. But he was very pleased. So we're of the same. We're bone of bone and flesh of flesh. I just think that's so amazing. Um, I've read this story countless times, but to dig in a little bit deeper and have an understanding that this is supposed to be good because there's times in, in marriage where it does not feel good. It feels hard. It hurts. It's broken. I've been separated from my husband. Those of you that know my story, I have had much pain. I felt like I was drugged through the mud, beat up, thrown off a cliff, and then expected to survive. And But God, that's the answer. But God. So it's just his deep, deep love for us. So here, Adam, he's excited. He sees that this woman was created just like him. Um, so many similarities physically, just like him, but different. I just, I don't know. I can't stop thinking about how exciting that is. So the flesh of my flesh, the marriage relationship is so unique. Because we can't have that same intimacy that we have with our husband like we can have with our friends and, and our girlfriends. We don't have that same kind of intimacy. We are made for one another. And sometimes my daughters, they're not in here, <laughs> but they'll say, I don't like this about me or my body. And I go, honey, maybe your husband's praying for that. <laughs> and it's kind of, you know, becomes a joke. But God knows, God for us, God knew what our husbands would like. He knew what our husbands would be attracted to. And we know that, you know, 
our beauty fades and goes away and we're supposed to have inward beauty, but he knows even our the intricacy of our gifts and our talents and weaknesses, God knew what our husbands would what it would complement our husbands and like likewise. You know, I, I remember the first time I met my husband, I just was like I didn't say whoa men, but I was like, whoa, like I like that. And I remember very specific things and I still we still talk about it and, and him for me and, and me for him that the first time we met, we had this immediate physical attraction, and um, I wouldn't say that I believed in love at first sight back then, but I knew it was different. And I think we shouldn't forget where we came from. We need to go back, especially when we're struggling, go back to the first time you saw your husband. Maybe it was a negative experience. <laughs> I, I've heard crazy stories that, you know, you never thought they'd be together and they're together, but try to go back. And remember those things so you can have that oneness with your husband. Um, but when we have that oneness with them, when we have it, and it's real and it's pure and it's united, we feel when they feel things. My husband and I can usually tell when we're close because we'll think the same thoughts. And we joke and go, it's like a unimine, like from Toy Story, like the little green men. They all like, the claw. They all knew. They had the same. And we'll have the same... <laughs> We'll have the same thoughts, and we're like, whoa, I was thinking that too. But that's all because of unity. I mean, you might have a close like friend, a girlfriend, but it's different. And I think all of us, every single one of us in here is married. Yes, okay. So you guys understand what that's like, the flesh of my flesh, the bone of my like to be so united with your husband. Even if you've only been married five days, there's, there's something different that God blesses us with, with our spouses. Okay, so verse 24 and 25. This is the very first marriage. Pretty exciting. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So we see becoming one flesh that the world is trying to pull that apart and and cause things and and go different ways of sex outside of marriage living together my husband and I did we cohabitated before we got married we didn't know that we didn't know the Lord um, but we knew what was right and wrong because I remember very clearly going this isn't right I shouldn't be doing this and I didn't have a relationship of, with the Lord God has put that in us we know what's right and wrong even if we don't know him there is those that understanding um, so there's three things from this verse, um, this verse and the next verse that I, I got out of this. Um, so a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. God ordains this. This is good. He saw that this was good when he created this. So the first thing is leave. We must leave those relationships. Like it says here, the father, um, the man leaves his father and mother. Not that he never sees them again. Not that he um, doesn't have involvement with them. You still go to family parties. You still do stuff. But the relationship changes. And I'm starting to walk through this with my son as he's going to get married in September. And him and his girlfriend will have fights. And I just love her. I just want to come and protect her. I, like, take her side. I'm like, what am I doing? But but I realize I have to step out because it's not my place. It is not. I, I train my son up. 
I've given him a foundation, and now it's time for him, as he draws closer to that wedding day, to prepare his heart for marriage. How is he going to lead his wife? Mama, His mama ain't leading his wife. He needs to lead his wife in the Lord. And she, the same, coming alongside, encouraging him in the Lord, loving him. And so if you guys, um, if we in here have this issue with our parents getting involved or us, I remember in the beginning I would do this. I would like tell his parents what he was doing because it was bad. And uh, really I was crying for help because I need help. Because there was a lot of, there was some crazy stuff going on. Um, and this is just like a little disclaimer. If your husband's hitting you, not okay. If your husband is um, physically abusive or um, sexually abusive or whatever, it's good to get help. Come to me, come to one of the leaders, seek Tanner. I know sometimes um, it is harder for us to go to a male, so... Um, but anyways, don't, it's not okay. That is not okay. So don't feel like this bondage of we're married. I just have to accept everything that comes at me. No, if you're struggling with, uh, with anything in your relationship, I highly, highly, um, suggest you seek counsel from a, a godly older couple that you trust that has walked, had some time together. Not, not maybe that are on their third marriages. I, you know, I just, I would seek out counsel if you guys are struggling in areas where um for whatever is going on if it's if it's to the point where you guys are in separate rooms you're not sleeping together anymore um definitely if there's abuse not okay um seek help and if you do need anything please feel free to reach out to me um call me text me whatever i'm there um and i know the other ladies in here are are here for you as well um but don't cry to your parents for things because um, it just becomes this, you know, of course they love you. And then I want to take her side because I love her so much too. And, and it just becomes a weird thing. So when it says the man leaves his father and mother, then the next thing is cling. That word cling or cleave, whatever translation you have, it is like glue. Okay, so... When you leave the relationship behind, the other relationships, you're, you're, um, you think about you go on a honeymoon. You're separating yourself. You are, you are pulling away from those other relationships so that you can cling to your spouse, your husband. Um, your, the word cling means to cleave, stick to, pursue closely, be joined together, stick with, follow close. So it's for both of you. And the world so badly wants to divide us. And like I gave that little image about us embracing or, or, you know, protecting one another. Sometimes it feels like we're warring against each other. And we know that's not true. The Bible tells us that we do not war against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and powers of darkness. There's a spiritual warfare heavily against our marriages because this is a union that God created. So we need to cling to our husbands and they with us. When we have disagreements, try to deal with them quickly and in a civil way. So I just want to give you guys some um, some kind of some application with these. And please don't listen to this and go, what does she know or whatever. I, I will tell you, I do not know. I am walking through. I am trying to become one. It is a process just like sanctification. It is a process till the day we die 
of learning to become one, learning to, to be united with, with each other. So don't feel condemnation. Don't feel like I'm, I'm saying you're doing something wrong because I am in the same boat with you and I just want a better relationship with my husband. So keep communication open. If you're struggling with things, there are so many resources available out there. I just picked this book up uh, when I went to, when Leaders Lead, um, Kay Arthur was one of the speakers. But it's A Marriage Without Regrets, beautifully written, very easy to understand. Um, I have some other resources for after that I'm going to pass out. Um, You do not have to go through the struggles by yourself. And it doesn't mean that you can't ever talk to your parents or whatever. Please don't, <laughs> don't think that that's what I'm saying. It's just, where are you going to for counsel? I mean, our parents are great. If, if they're still married, that's a good example. And we can learn from their mistakes as well. But it becomes sticky when we get our parents involved. And we get other um, strong relationships involved. I, I had a um, best friend that was a guy when I met Mike. And I loved him. His name was Sean. I had no physical at all feelings for him, not at all attracted. But as Mike and I got more serious, Mike said, it's me or him. And I had to make the decision. I had been fr- best friends with Sean for like four years, and he, he was like my big brother. And I had to realize, what am I going to do? Am I going to have this forever friendship with Sean, who's awesome, but he's not my husband, and I never want him to be. Or am I going to choose my husband or my future husband, that, this man that I really feel serious about? And so I cut off the friendship, and that guy was so mad and so hurt, and he hated my husband. Well, we weren't husband and wife yet, but I had to make that decision because I needed to make the right decision for my future. And so if you have those kind of guy-girl relationships, I always advise against that. I mean, I have guy friends I would consider in the church, but I there's a level of when when is it too much? When is it too risky? Because Satan sees that and he wants to he wants to tempt, he wants to um, disguise and come like it, it it's all fine. So just guard your hearts, ladies, because um, something I've learned over the years too is when you when you're struggling with something with your husband. And it could be a guy friend, it could be a stranger that's a male, and he comes along and he's like, oh man, he's such a jerk, he shouldn't do that to you. Your eyes can be like, oh, he understands me. Bad, run, flee, because that is not where you need to go. Because Satan will try to use that to, to allure you away from working out with your husband. Um, I had a friend once tell me that she could tell, she could measure how close she was with her husband by um, how attractive other men became and that's dangerous because if we're not clinging to our husband if we're not working things out we will get lured away and those things don't end well so I know some of this is probably heavy and um, whatnot but I just want to get to the the root of it I've struggled with many different things in my marriage um, I've been married for 17 years together, 22, and we have six children. So we've, we've had um, a, lot of, a lot of deep valleys and holes and pits, but we've also had beautiful mountaintop experiences. So um, back to uh, clinging to your husband. Um, pray with your husband. Offer to pray with him. Um, if he doesn't pursue it, 
I know a lot of times we look at our husbands and we go, well, they're supposed to be the spiritual leader. So they should be leading me with prayer. They should be leading me with the word and all this stuff. We can't put all that in a box. We are human too. They're human. We need to come alongside. There's nothing wrong with the wife coming and saying, let's pray, honey, or, um, or reading scripture to your husband. My husband loves it when I read the word to him. He doesn't take offense to it and go, that's my job. That's, that is not, then we get too crazy and legalistic and all that stuff. If God's leading you to pray with your husband, um, you know, coming alongside of him and reading the word with him, taking turns, do it. Even if he never pursues it first, just, just do it. Let the Lord lead you with it and don't bang him over the head with it. Cause I've done that too. Like, well, since you're not going to do it, I'm doing it. <laughs> don't do that. doesn't work. Um, yeah, if you don't feel close with him, then I ask, um, I plead with you to pray that God gives you, that you ask the Lord to give you a heart that desires your husband, that you would have new eyes to see him, that you would um, see those little things that, that show his love for you, that you don't um, let that love grow cold, because it's really hard once your love grows cold to come back. Um, if there's something you're, you feel like there's a struggle going on and you don't feel like um, there's a wedge for some reason, ask God to reveal what's in your heart to show you any unresolved issues you may have. And pray the same for him. Because even though we can't fix our husbands, we are not the Holy Spirit, we're not called to do those things, we don't even know what's in our own heart, they're not going to know what's in their own heart either. Pray for them. So, number three. Um, become one. So we are to become one flesh. And like, like I said, this is a lifetime experience. This is continual. This isn't just something that's going to, um, you get married, you become one and, oh, look, we just love each other so much and we're so excited and every day is splendor, not real. So, um, it's a lifetime together in unity and it's not just talking about sex here. So we know becoming one flesh When we go into verse 25, it says, they were both naked, the man and the woman, or the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were unashamed. So we know sex is a, is a crucial part in our marriage. Some I know get super embarrassed, even like listening to other people talk about it. We're all married in here. So the, the marriage bed is undefiled. If you have a hard time talking about it, ask. Ask the Lord to just, you know, give you clarity with it. See this, that Adam and Eve were, this was before the sin happened, before um, eating of the fruit. This was beautiful. This is, we should have that oneness with our husband that we can be naked in front of them. Okay, I know this, I can just feel like the, this is embarrassing, but there is no shame in that. God created us for one another. So, if you're struggling with these things of becoming one, not feeling like you're, you're one together, seek things to do together that you both enjoy. Um, sometimes I feel like uh, I do a lot of things that my husband loves to do, and then I want him to do things that I love to do too. But then when I look at it, he's not really going to sew with me. Some men might, but that's just not, you know, one day he did ask me to teach him to sew, and I did. Not doing that again. Um, I was stressed and overwhelmed. But I like to do things that he likes to do. We go split wood together. He chops down a tree, literally. 
and I, I love physical activity. I'll pick up the rounds, and I toss them down the hill, and they roll, and then we pick them up again, and we put them in the back of this truck. I love being physically active with my husband. And there's no better way than flirting like that with your husband. Like, he's like, oh, my gosh, she's so strong. He just gets excited. So those find those things <laughs> that you can do with your husband to become one with him. Um, obviously, the biggest thing is being one in, uh, in Christ with him. So God emphasized so much on not being unequally yoked, but, but being with a believer. And so I don't know if, if any of you in here, if your husband's not saved, um, but you can still have unity with him. Do not divorce. Like it says that don't leave an unbelieving spouse for maybe you will be what brings them. I, I just paraphrase that. But, um, you know, there's so many great things that we can do together to become one with our husband even outside of the marriage bed. Um, but And I, I wrote up a list of things that just, you know, you can even do, because there should never be an excuse. I can't, we can't go out, we don't have money. There are plenty of things to do that cost nothing or, or little to nothing, maybe some gas in the car. Um, but reflect back on the good times with your husband. Um, God has given each of you ladies in here a gift that he wants you to use for his glory to serve in the body some form. Um, that even our first ministry, especially as women, is our children. That's our, for our husbands and our children. That's our first ministry. And so um, when you're serving at home, like it says, do everything as unto the Lord. When you're doing the dishes, it's okay. Do it as unto the Lord. And I know it feels, you know, repetitive and it's never going to end. And these dishes just keep coming in the laundry. Do it as unto the Lord. Be excited about it. Um, I know I love a clean house. I just hate the process of getting there. Um, so, but but find those things. Even serving together. My husband love. My husband and I love to serve together. We have very similar giftings, and um, we're we're trying to figure out what's the next step for us because we want to be doing ministry together. And he was trying to get me to let him come and teach you ladies this morning, and I said no because this is women's ministry. <laughs> and y'all hear it from men all the time anyways, right? From a, a pastor. So, um, but it, it was kind of a joke. But I think he was serious too. I think he really wanted to. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> um, but we talk about team teaching things and like doing stuff together and, and, and we lead worship together and stuff. But So go home and think about those things. How can you be more one with your husband? How can you... Um, Find some activities that you love to do together. Um, don't give up on your marriage. Don't stop fighting. Mike and I were in, in Sacramento, and there was craziness going on. And we both had, we were holding hands in the, in the car, driving down the freeway, and we both had prayed at some point, God, give us a word, because we don't even know what's going on. It just feels like craziness right now. We were fighting like cats and dogs. And it, it had been happening for a while. And the Lord spoke to me, fight. And I'm like, no, that can't be from him. Fight? No. So I kind of brushed it off. And I didn't even tell my husband that I had just heard this word. But then I came home from Sacramento days later. And God reminded me of the word again. And I went, that's what he's talking about. Fight for my marriage. Because we are, we fight. But we're fighting against each other. Fight for your marriage. Don't give up. Divorce 
should not be a word lingering in your, in your head all the time. And I know for me, because I came from that, because my husband came from that, and because the world teaches us otherwise, we will. We will keep it in our head as an option. And it shouldn't be. I have walked through adultery. I've been the victim of adultery, of abuse, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I've seen the Lord transform my husband into a different man. Is he perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. So God can do anything. So whatever you're going through in your marriage, don't give up the fight. Keep fighting the good fight. And know that the Lord sees you where you're at. He sees you're hurting. Draw close to him. Isaiah 54, 5. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. If you continue to read through Isaiah 54, there's just so much um, beauty in that. And that, that, that verse was given to me by the Lord when I was going through a separation with my husband and I thought we were done. I was trying to file for a divorce and he continued to, to put roadblocks for five straight days. And I went, okay, I guess I'm not supposed to divorce him. But God gave me that, is that he is my maker, he's my husband, he's my provider. When my husband fails me, God won't ever fail me. And I will fail my husband. I have failed him. So even though we're having pain or struggles, wherever you're at in, in your relationship right now, know that the Lord's plan is to heal. He wants a healed, healthy relationship for you and your husband. And if your husband's not walking with the Lord right now, I just urge you to keep pressing into Jesus. Seek counsel, seek help, and know that God's faithful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, that, again, that your word is so real and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. We know that it just can divide um, bone and marrow, Lord. It, it's so always timely. And I pray, Lord, that each lady here, I, I, I can tell that there's hurts, Lord, but your word isn't meant to hurt, Lord. It's meant to heal, and it's meant to be refreshing. And and sometimes it hurts, Lord. We know that it can hurt because truth hurts sometimes. And I know that sometimes we walk through this life, and we feel like we're alone, and we feel like, where is our husband going? Why is he making these crazy decisions? Where is he with you, Lord? But you know, and you see, and you love us. We are your daughters. And so we can trust you, Lord. I pray for each lady here, whoever may be struggling right now and wanting and considering divorce, Lord, I pray that you would just give them new hope, new life, renew their spirit. Father, remind them that you are their redeemer and you are good. And Lord, those that are having a great uh, mountaintop experience with their marriage, Lord, we know that trials will come. So I pray that you would strengthen this time for them, that you would grow them closer with their spouse so when that trial hits, they can be ready. We thank you, we love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.